Welcome to the Sobriety Diaries, friend. My name is Nate. I am a grateful recovering alcoholic and sober coach. My addiction has shaped the person I am today and given me the ability and voice to help others, and I simply wouldn't be here without it. Recovery is possible. The Sobriety Diaries is a video podcast where we share powerful stories of recovery told by those who live them. Head on over to thesobrietydiaries.com where you can apply to be a guest on the show and join our insiders list for exclusive content, early release episodes, and much more. Also, please share this podcast with just one person in your life who may still be struggling. You just never know what they may need to hear today. Before we jump into things today, I wanted to take a moment to thank Exact Nature for partnering with me on today's episode. Founded by a father and son in addiction recovery, Exact Nature's all-natural CBD products are specifically formulated to help you face the exceptional challenges of recovery, be it addictive cravings, depression, anxiety, or improving sleep. Learn more at exactnature.com. I absolutely love the Serenity oil. I use it every day. It is so helpful with just my focus and calm nature. As a listener of the Sobriety Diaries, use the code TSD20 to receive 20% off of your order. ExactNature.com Happy Sober Day, friends. Thank you so much for downloading today's episode and spending time with me here on the Sobriety Diaries. Today, we are talking to Jason Wood. Jason was an overweight child who got bullied because of it. And when he did, however, lose weight in high school, he was praised for it. So he began to associate this positivity with his weight being at a certain spot and really thus began a decades-long struggle with an eating disorder. Uh, Jason's sobriety from alcohol actually came through treatment for his eating disorder, and that involved open and honest communication with his therapist to really help him heal from, from the inside out and those past wounds that he still had. He practices mindfulness and journaling, meditation, and a lot of outdoor activity to maintain both his eating disorder recovery and his sobriety. So let's open the diary on Jason Wood. Jason Wood, thank you so much for joining us on the Sobriety Diaries. How's your day going? Yeah, it's going great. Just getting started here, but already it's looking like it's going to be a great day. So I'm feeling good. And uh, thank you so much for having me here today. Absolutely. Happy that we connected and I am excited to hear your story. I think that we relate on a few different levels. So I'm excited to kind of open that dialogue. What inspired you to come share your story today? You know, it's it's been incredible because social media in a lot of ways fueled a lot of my addiction or my um, unhealthy relationship with food, but it's also been so beneficial for me in my recovery. And it's making these connections with other individuals who are just embracing vulnerability and opening up and sharing their stories. And that's what really resonated between us because I just 
really appreciate you getting out there and sharing your story and helping other people share their stories because I think there's just there's so much power and so much benefit uh, when we when we talk and when we listen. And uh, I was just so excited for the opportunity to come on today to uh, be able to share my story. So well said. Thank you, my friend. And you said something that uh, I think a lot of people don't um, realize a lot of the time, and that's the listening. Uh, Sometimes people just need an ear. And if you are there to listen, I think that can be huge for somebody. So thanks for bringing that up. Yeah, absolutely. Um, It's one of those things where I used to be a problem solver. And I used to, as soon as somebody would share share their story with me, I try to fix it. And now I'm realizing that sometimes all you got to do is listen, because that's all I need sometimes is to just be able to share. And uh, I don't even need a response back. I just need an ear. So uh, yeah, I'm glad that you brought that up. Well, I'm ready to listen. Um, (laughs) So let's, uh, let's walk through your journey together and your addiction and and path to recovery. Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. So, um, for me, it, it, it started out, um, as a kid, you know, I was picked on for my weight. Um, it made me feel very insecure about who I was. Um, I lost my dad at a young age. So I lost that kind of male influence in my life. And um, I just didn't feel like I was enough. I didn't feel like I was enough just as a person. I didn't feel like I was enough as a man. And I very often turned to alcohol once I got to high school and college, because it made me feel like um, I could go out and uh, be cool be enough, be somebody who other people would be interested in. And um, I had such anxiety and such fear inside of me going out in public and interacting with people that I would often use alcohol kind of as a a security blanket um, to mask those insecurities, those anxieties, those worries. And um, as time went along, that relationship with alcohol just continued to evolve to the point where I, I lost the line between fun and alcohol. It was just, I couldn't have fun without drinking and I couldn't drink without having fun. Mm. But then I started getting angry. Um, Probably about five years ago, I started um, getting more aggressive as I was drinking. I used to kind of just be that fun laid back guy um, who was obnoxious in the life of the party. (laughs) And uh, suddenly I became the guy who was always ready to like knock somebody in the face. And um, it caused a lot of tension between me and my husband. Uh, There was a lot of um, just, I guess, pain and hurt that was inside of me that I was expressing as anger. And oftentimes, since he was the closest person to me, he was taking the brunt of it. And uh, prior to the pandemic, we we really had some rocky times and it got it got difficult because I was drinking most of the time. I would uh, come up with excuses to drink. Uh, at, at the beginning, it was I would just drink heavy kind of on the weekends. But then I'd suddenly be like, oh, well, there's this baseball game going on tonight. So I'm going to drink tonight or "Ooh, I've got a busy day at work tomorrow. So I'll just treat myself and have a couple of drinks tonight. And um, 
it, it really, it kind of escalated there right before the pandemic. And I just remember waking up some mornings just shaking because I was going through withdrawals and I just needed to get that next drink because anxiety and the insecurities were just consuming me. And then my husband would come out of the bedroom and he would have tears because I had said mean, hurtful things to him the night before that I had no recollection of. And that's when I started to realize this, this is a lot more than just drinking to be the cool guy. This is drinking to, you know, hide something, to try to fix something. And it's not fixing anything. It's actually making things worse. And for me, it was actually the start of the pandemic that allowed me the opportunity to begin to embrace sobriety because along those same lines, I was battling an eating disorder at the time, which I know we'll get into too. But um, it was at the start of the pandemic when I didn't have those social interactions, those social requirements anymore, that I was kind of able to finally turn inward and focus on myself. And I realized this is my opportunity. This is a really bad time that's happening in the world, but this is an opportunity for me to make some good of that on a personal level. And, you know, that's when I committed to sobriety and then my recovery from my eating disorder. And now the last year or so has just been about experiencing life sober. And it's pretty beautiful. It's pretty awesome. And it's something that I think is taking me back to those childhood days again, where um, where I was before the pain and the hurt and the insecurities kind of kind of took full hold of me. Yeah. I think that is profound for someone to use the last year of sort of chaos and isolation and, you know, what we've all been experiencing and use it to turn inward and focus on evolution and bettering ourselves. You know, we see so much of the negativity and people that went in the opposite direction with the mm-hmm. addiction rates and the sale of alcohol and the overdoses and the suicide rates just skyrocketing during the pandemic. I think these stories are ones that I love to share where, where people took the time to better themselves and made a decision to live a better life and, um, you know, evolve as a person. So I love that. I want to, maybe if we can go back a little bit, did you find, um, as a child food was your first addiction and did that provide a sense of comfort to you that sort of started the, the numbing or the addiction? Yeah, absolutely. It was um, because I had mentioned that I was overweight as a kid. And then in high school is when I joined a weight loss program and I lost the weight. And at that point, the same people who were picking on me were now praising me. And they were saying, wow, you've got amazing willpower. I can't believe you did this. I'm so proud of you. And that kind of planted the seed right there, that unhealthy relationship with food, because I've, I, it gave me the false sense that I could have control over things. So as my life started spiraling out of control and as the pain and the insecurities began to mount following the passing of my parents in my teenage years and then falling out with my family and financial hardship, I always turned back to food because that seemed to be the one thing that I was good at, that people were praising me for. And it seemed like the one thing that I could control while everything else in my life might've been spinning out of control. At least I had food that I could restrict when I needed or, you know, label it good or bad and decide what I was going to eat. And um, I can definitely see where that relationship with food was that kind of first addiction, that first need for control. So after you lost the weight, did it continue to be 
unhealthy? Did it progress to, you know, anorexia or bulimia? How, how do you classify mm -hmm. where you stand with your um, eating disorder now? Yeah. So um, after I lost the weight, I, it kind of made me very fearful of gaining the weight back. And sure. I would often joke with people that it was easier to lose the weight than it was to keep it off because I worried that just one bad meal, one bad day would ruin all the progress I've made. And then everybody would see me as a disappointment. Um, and it would just invalidate everything I had already accomplished. So it actually became more stressful for me around food after that initial weight loss in high school. And over years, I would say at first it was just a disordered relationship with food. Um, I was very restricted on the weekdays, but then on the weekends, I would, I would basically just eat whatever I wanted to. And, um, then as soon as Monday rolled back around, it became very strict again. Um, I would adhere to just a very, a very, what I thought was a safe, a clean diet. Um, I ended up getting diagnosed with an unspecified eating disorder last year, which I would later learn is called orthorexia, what I've been battling. And that's basically an addiction to healthy, clean eating. So while individuals with anorexia are just restricting on a calorie basis or individuals with bulimia are binging and then purging, for me, I was still eating but I was only eating the foods that I deemed healthy and clean. So for me, the fad diets played a big role in it, keto and Whole30 and all of those. Um, I kind of morphed them all into one yeah. very restricted diet where I was labeling foods good or bad and cutting out entire food groups. Um, I, I have a little joke that I used to tell people to start in my recovery, but it's like, how do you explain to someone that that loaf of bread gives you anxiety? Because that's how it would be for me. I would see a loaf of bread and, you know, my heart would start racing or yeah. I'd get all sweaty. And um, that's just kind of that's where that relationship with food went um, as it progressed for about 15 years from high school to the point where I would actually receive a diagnosis. Hmm. I'm curious about, because the timeline seems just to line up as far as the weight loss and sort of the start of your drinking. Did you have a specific first experience with alcohol or something that sort of opened the door or was it a slow progression? Yeah, I would say it was pretty much a slow progression. It kind of started out, you know, hanging out with high school friends and we'd, we'd have a beer. Some, one of those cool 21 year olds would get us a beer and yeah. um, we would have that. And um, at first it was kind of like, I could have a beer and kind of escape what was going on in my life. At that point, my mom was very sick and I had just lost my dad and I was just very insecure about who I was. And it was like, okay, well, I can have a drink with these friends. And those worries kind of disappear for the evening. And then as time went along, it was like, I wanted to escape them every evening. And then suddenly it was every afternoon and evening. And then it would just be kind of become an all day event where I would drink from the time I woke up to the time I'd go to bed. And it was because I thought it was the only escape from everything else in my life that was, that seemed to be falling apart. Um, I could at least have that drink and have a little bit of fun. So relatable to my story. It was like the magic elixir, right? That like mm -hmm. opened up relationships and opened up, you know, getting invitations to like the cool kid parties. And I associated all of these, what I thought were positive 
attributes to alcohol or positive reactions to drinking alcohol that it went on like, like that for years, you know, it, it was fun until it wasn't fun anymore. And it was social until, you know, I, I was doing it behind closed doors. But I think in the beginning, like it, alcohol worked for me. You know, mm-hmm. I wouldn't have ever come out of my shell or experienced half the things that I did had it not been for alcohol. And this is not a plug for alcohol by any means because it turned negative and it turned miserable and depressive right. very quickly. But there was that short period of time where it opened the door to some things for, for me at least. Oh yeah. Yeah. For me too. It gave me that courage, I guess the, but you know how they always refer to the liquid courage. Yeah, it absolutely. gave me that opportunity to interact with people who I didn't think I was worthy of. I didn't think I was good enough to actually talk to them, but when I was under the influence, I would actually have the courage and the bravery to go and talk to them. And actually from those early days of drinking, that's how I've met some of my best friends today. And now we're Same. able to all get together and drink iced teas and yeah. be sober. But it was actually through those drinks and those nights out at the bars that I've met some of the people who are the closest to me now. Same. Yeah. I, I think I probably wouldn't have gone to college. Like I probably wouldn't have moved out of the small town that I grew up in. So, so when was your last drink? So it would have been, let's see, in March of 2020. So I don't have the actual date. I feel like I'm kind of kind of behind, especially with a lot of sobriety where um, we celebrate it. But for me, it was actually through my eating disorder recovery that I became sober. At that time that I put down my last drink, I didn't think I had anything wrong with me. I didn't think there was anything wrong as far as the relationship with alcohol. It's only been as I progressed through my eating disorder recovery that I realized how toxic my relationship was with alcohol. And that's actually kind of how I began to embrace sobriety. It was almost an unintended consequence. It was a it was an added benefit of the eating disorder recovery that I was able to recover from my addiction with alcohol as well. And that took the form of what therapy sessions? Yeah. So I started working with a therapist and um, it was having those just open and honest conversations. I tell everybody that if you, if you're going to have a therapist, which I think everybody should, because he opened my eyes to things I didn't even realize were going on. Amen. <laughs> if the world was in therapy, Jason, we would live in a much uh, happier place. Oh Yeah. <laughs> Because like I said, there were things going on in my life that I didn't even realize were going on. There was, there was pain inside I didn't even realize until I had a therapist. And then the most important thing is to have the open and honest conversations with him. I never left anything inside. So every hour when I sit down and I talk with him, I just let it all flow. And I don't worry about judgment. I don't worry about reactions. I just let it all flow. And that's how I've been able to heal. So um, yes, the, the therapy has been a huge part of it. I've also kind of had a lot of supplemental activities too, that I engage in a lot of mindfulness activities. I'll go hiking or I do a lot of reading and journaling. And those are just all things that kind of help 
take the therapy sessions that I have once a week and expand them throughout my entire week. And um, it's been it's been through those conversations and those experiences that I've realized that, yes, I had an abusive relationship with alcohol. Yes, I was battling an eating disorder. Yes, there was all this unresolved pain and insecurities that were bubbling up inside. But I probably would have continued to be blind to him unless I would have met with my therapist. I'm curious about your husband. Now, did it ever get to the point where he was sort of fed up or was he kind of your rock and supportive through uh, everything, even, you know, in the lowest of times? Yeah, he's been, he's always been my rock. And um, I have always been so grateful to him for kind of helping me find that solid footing in life, because I had so much happen to me in my late teens and early 20s, that it was a very rocky beginning to my adulthood. But it was thanks to him that I found stability. And it's just it's, I guess it's the perfect not ending, but the perfect next chapter that yeah. he would be such a rock for me in my recovery too. Um, the last time that I drank was um, one of our biggest fights and it really, it just left him hurt. It just left him broken. And it was seeing him respond that way, seeing that I could hurt somebody that bad that I loved this much that I realized I needed to make the change. Um, so it was thanks to him that I realized I needed to embrace sobriety. And then it was thanks to him that I realized I had an unhealthy relationship with food. Um, he raised concerns one night while we were out to dinner about my eating habits. Um, I had had just a complete breakdown at the restaurant over being unable to substitute the pita on the hummus platter for fresh vegetables. And it might sound so trivial or so silly, but that was enough to send me over the edge. And I just started crying. I got very aggressive, very emotional. And it was in that moment that he said, I'm worried about you. And I, I've seen this pain that's going on inside and I see how you're restricting your diet and I'm just very concerned. And um, those words, just those changes my life because it was the next week that I met with my doctor and I met with a therapist and started this path to recovery. And he's been there every step along the way. And um, there are tough times. There are tough days for sure. But um, he's always just been there to remind me that I'm enough. Because I think sometimes that's the hardest thing in recovery when it gets tough is to remind yourself that you're worth it and that you're enough. And that's what he's done every day. Amazing. So happy to hear that. So you mentioned revisiting some some things, hiking and, and reading, and I know you're blogging. Why don't you tell us about the blog you started? Yeah, so I started a blog, Orthorexia Bites, in uh, February of 2021, and it was actually thanks to an assignment from my therapist that this all kind of began. Um, I was worried about sharing my story with my friends. Uh, I was worried that they might see me as a fraud, as somebody who had worn masks for so long, and I'm not talking COVID masks, right. I'm talking those masks over my heart. And um, I was worried that people, you know, they think I was lying to him for all those years. So he told me, go ahead and write your story out. Um, writing's always been something I'm passionate about, been a great outlet for me. So I wrote my story down. And as I was reading it back to myself, I felt sorry for the main character. I felt his pain and the hurt that was going on inside. And I realized he was just doing the best he could. 
then I realized that person was me. And it was through that that I gained self-compassion and self-love and actually, you know, began to forgive myself for all those things I held against me for so long. And I realized the power of being able to share my story. And I knew that as a man battling an eating disorder and mental illness, that I needed to get my voice out there because there were a lot of other guys who are going through some of the same things I went through. But because of the stigmas and the stereotypes that exist in society, we don't talk about it. We don't even think that it can happen to us. So I knew if I could use this same story that opened my eyes, that perhaps it could help open other people's eyes too. And that's why I launched my blog earlier this year to just get out there and to raise awareness and to uh, confront those stigmas and stereotypes that exist. So true. And I think to your point, a man recovering from eating disorders is such a powerful expression and maybe not uh, the common uh, portrait for an eating disorder. And I think that makes it so much more powerful. Mm -hmm. Um, So I'm I'm super happy to see that. I will link all of Jason's um, online contact and and where to find the blog and all of that good stuff in today's show notes. Uh, So make sure you check that out. I asked you for a few action items for our listeners today. So what are a few things that you would like our listeners to take away from hearing you today or some action items we can provide them today? Yeah, so for me, the biggest action item of all is to talk, to embrace vulnerability and to speak up. To, that is just so important because for so long I stayed quiet. And I told you right before we started recording, but I was a closed book for so long. And now I'm, I'm open and I'm sharing my story because there is so much power in storytelling. And even though you might not think that your story has that much power, it really does. You never know who needs to hear it, who can relate to it, who can connect to it. And it's been through reading other people's stories and listening to other people that I've been able to do a lot of my healing too. Um, And I just, I urge everybody out there to uh, wear their heart on their sleeve and to speak up because um, I think the world could be a much better place. We'd all be probably a lot healthier mentally um, and emotionally if we um, just spoke up rather than uh, stay quiet or listen to those stigmas and stereotypes. Wow. Couldn't agree more. So well-spoken, so well-said. Jason Wood, thank you for your time today, my friend. You're now part of the Sobriety Diaries family. The the family reunion's coming up soon, so we'll see you there. Awesome. It's a a great family to be a part of. (laughs) Thanks for your time. Let's be in touch, okay? All right. Sounds good. Wow. Such a powerful story. Thank you for listening today. Hopefully you heard something that resonates with you. And if we help just one person, our job is done. You can find all things podcast related and subscribe to our show at the sobrietydiaries.com, youtube.com slash Nate Kelly, where we upload today's video podcast and on Instagram at the sobriety diaries pod. Check back every Wednesday and Sunday for new episodes. But until then, try your best not to drink and be good to yourself. Bye, friends.